0: And so we're trying to take the best of text and bring it to audio and video and just make a better and better editor, something that anyone can use, but that, that, that doesn't have a trade-off for speed and, and power and flexibility, much like a word processor.
1: Couchbase is the SQL-friendly, NoSQL, JSON document database. The Couchbase Java SDK recently added great new features for Java developers like you. Check out couchbase.com slash stackoverflow for sample apps and tutorials. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, the Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, and I have with me, as I often do, Cassidy Williams of Netlify. Hi, Cassidy.
2: Hello. Glad to be here.
1: For the folks who don't know, tell them who you are and what you do.
2: I am currently Director of Developer Experience at Netlify, and I like to make memes on the internet.
1: We have a great guest today, and we're going to talk about a product that both you and I have quite a lot of love for. Andrew Mason, the CEO of Descript, is going to be joining us. He has a varied career, done a bunch of different companies, some of which you probably heard of. So we want to welcome to the show and chat about, yeah, some of the very cool technology that's behind Descript. Andrew, welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast.
0: I'm really happy to be here. Thanks, Ben.
1: So for yeah, folks who don't know, just give them a little bit of background yourself as an entrepreneur, somebody who's interested in software and technology. What should they know about you as we start this conversation?
0: Yeah, well, I'm probably best known for my hit re- recording album called Hardly Working. <laughs> and then after that, you know, I was a podcaster. Well, I was an aspiring podcaster. There was a podcast that I wanted to make, but I never felt like I had time. So, uh, I had an idea for a new way to edit podcasts, which would be by making it work like a Word document, basically, where you could edit audio by editing text. So we built that. That's called Descript. And that was kind of the first version of it. And we've now expanded it to where it works with video. So it does everything from basic screen recording all the way up to full-on movie making, where you're adding titles and pulling together many different clips. It's really a full featured multi-track editor, both for audio and video. But the key idea is that all of your media is turned into something that looks like a document. But when you edit the document, you're also moving the media around. You can even type new words in there and it'll generate audio in your voice with a generative audio feature we have called overdub.
1: Yeah, it does some kind of magic stuff. There's the room tone, There's the ability to, you know, screw something up on a podcast and then dub it in in your own voice, getting into, you know, like interesting deep fake territory there. What was the MVP like? Did you build that and did you find a group of folks to work with you and you kicked that off? How did you get this project started?
0: Well, as these sort of things often go, it started out as something else. I was building a startup called Detour, which was uh, basically an audio tour app, and half the company was made up of engineers that were building the app. And half the company was made up of ex public radio producers. And so we built it as a tool for making those audio tours, which were glorified podcasts. And it was through that and seeing how hard it was to use the tools that exist today for making a podcast that are all really designed for making music first and foremost, that we thought, gosh, it would be a lot easier to do this stuff if it just worked like a word processor and isn't transcription really good now? Couldn't we build something like that? So the MVP was really just single-track audio editing. It didn't have recording or multi-track or effects or anything like that, but that was enough to validate the idea.
1: Cassidy, I know you mentioned you've been playing around with this. What have you been utilizing it for? And as you're using it, you know, from, from your perspective, were you thinking like, was it clear to you how the technology worked or would you have to like peer under the hood a little bit here?
2: You know, audio stuff blows my mind. And so I, I, uh, I'm I, sure that there's a lot of very interesting code happening behind the scenes that I just don't fully understand. But what I thought was really, really cool about it was being able to remove filler words. And that was the big selling point for me where I could get rid of all of the, like, uhs and ums and so's. Mm-hmm. I say, I'm i
1: doing them right now. These are, like, I do the filler words that, like, encourage the other person to keep going. <laughs>
2: mm, hmm mm, yeah. yeah. Be, being able to just say remove filler words and getting rid of them shocked me. And, and that just kind of immediately sold me on it. And I had first seen it because a friend of mine runs a podcast, and he was just like, oh, yeah, I'm trying out this newer tool. And when he right. gave me a demo of it, it just blew my mind and yeah well once I realized that overdub was a thing that just kind of I'm amazed with the product in general
1: so yeah Andrew tell us a little bit like what is the tech stack here I had the uh, chance to talk with some folks recently from rev.com so I know they're somehow involved they mentioned descript but yeah like what's um, what's under the hood to the degree that you can describe it without giving away the secret sauce
0: well the app is all built using web technology but When you're working with audio and video, there's still some stuff that is difficult to do well if you're working purely in a browser. So Descript runs primarily in an Electron app. Parts of the experience can run directly in the browser, like basic playback and collaboration, commenting. But to use the editor, you need to be in our Electron app. And yeah, we outsource the actual transcription, but most of the other stuff, the AI stuff that we have to for overdub to generate audio is all in house.
1: And so I guess you mentioned, right, working with audio can be challenging. When it comes to video, how, like how do you make it cross platform? Like in some ways, those two things don't seem like they would be easy to combine. You know what I mean? Like removing filler words or doing overdubs. I, I haven't really played around with the video side of it because I've just been using it for audio, but can I? overdub in video can you like replace can you can you drop in some frames there like if i do the do, my smile isn't quite right like are you applying the same practices to both or are they a little bit different
0: yeah they're they're similar so you can just remove all the filler words and it'll put jump cuts in there a lot of the types of videos that people are making with descript are screen recordings for example where the person might not be on screen or they might just be in a little a little preview webcam view in in the corner of the screen. So it's fairly unnoticeable, but even where it is noticeable, it's just jump cuts are, we found with customers, just more an acceptable style these days, if that's what you're going for. And then with overdub, that works as well. And one of the most common uses for overdub is not necessarily to have an audio book or a full voiceover read in your voice, although it works great for that if you want to do like a video voiceover or something. But what we see a lot is using it for corrections. So Mm. if you realize later that you want to make a editorial correction, you find a better word for something, you can just delete it and replace it with a different word and descript the overdub is contextual to the audio that came before and after. So it blends everything in in a way that's consistent with the the way that you're speaking in that particular sentence. And that works with video as well. And what we'll do is we'll speed up or slow down the video by the slightest amount to make it all fit in. And again, when you're doing screen recordings or something like that, it tends to be
1: a pretty seamless workflow. So for this episode, what I was thinking I, was, I would do is, like, take some of the words you say and just replace, like, a Mad Libs, just, like, replace them with nonsense words and, then like, <laughs> see to what degree yeah. the script can make it sort of, like, sound, you know, completely seamless. So some of what you're saying now is going to make sense to the audience, some of it's going to make no sense at all, <laughs> but it'll all sound like we recorded it live. That's the idea. That's the goal, right?
0: Well, you won't be able to do that because you can only use overdub on your own voice. So we have a verification process, and um, ah. unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I could authorize. I could give, share my voice with you and let you do that. So oh, we'll, see, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I
2: kind of like that though that, that there's that verification because then you, you can make sure that someone isn't making something that you don't want out of your own voice.
1: Right. And I have a few banks or like different services where I I do like a voice print identification. So I guess that is a a pretty serious biometric piece of security, right? Yep. Yep.
2: What are some of the coolest use cases you've seen that that people have taken at Descript and just ran with it?
0: Well, with Overdub in particular, there's podcasters that use it for kind of like a scratch track where, especially if you're doing a long form scripted podcast where you're pulling in a lot of interview tape and the host reading their lines is often something that happens at the very end of the process and the cool thing about about descript is you can just write your your voiceover track around your your show and start hearing it right away start doing your sound design right away and then only at the very end after you've gone through all the different stages of editorial review do you bring the host in to record? And that means less retakes down the road, less times you need to spend in the studio, going back and doing the same thing again and again. We've also seen a bunch of people using it for voiceover for tutorial videos and things like that, where honestly, like if you, on some of these videos, if somebody didn't tell you that it was a synthetic voice, you wouldn't know. Like it's the kind of thing that when someone points it out, you can tell for for the long form, for the short form, like individual word correction, most of the time it's seamless. Like you you really would have no idea it's that good. For long form, if somebody is like, hey, this is synthetic, can you tell? You'll be like, oh yeah, it's getting, they're saying the same kind of tonality in every sentence after you've heard enough of them. But if if someone doesn't point it out, you can kind of uh, notice, and it's it's really useful for that kind
1: of thing. And all you all you have to do, you know, a couple generations down, you introduce a little like randomness, little noise in there, so that people can't realize it's a, it's a machine. Have Just, someone like, give, cough give it, give it that, in
2: the background, yeah.
1: Yeah, give it that you know little butterfly effect that you need to make sure it's. <laughs> in there. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot about right, like how we do filming for big movies now. A lot of times, you'll be acting a scene, nobody's on the other side, or during the pandemic. Like lots of people, you know, did stuff from home where they just like sent in their face, you know, like they'd be like, we're going to do this commercial, with this big athlete, and they just record their face and do the whole thing with their body. So it's part of that whole wave of kind of amazing technologies that, yeah, let you ghost in kind of a, a version of somebody and then they can do it later. I like that. Scary, but fun.
2: For content creation, just being able to scale yourself, that's so great because I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to make some kind of online course. And I'm just like, okay, but I have to set aside like an hour just for recording, probably more its hours optimistic. And then I've got to edit all the videos. I've got to make sure words line up with everything. And so being able to have a tool like this, where I can remove the filler words and overdub certain parts that I flub and probably write a script and add in my own human voice here and there. It's that would speed up my processes so much.
0: Yeah, it really does change the way that you go about making stuff. Like I've been making videos for I don't know, over a decade for the various startups that I've done and editing is such a burden that it you do everything that you can to avoid it. Like we kind of think of it like the difference between the typewriter and the word processor you, you can edit with a typewriter but you'd rather not right it's like <laughs> you try to get it right the first time but with overdub when i'm recording or sorry with with descript when i'm recording a voiceover for a release video or something i'll write my script i'll read it i'll mess up a bunch of times along the way but it's all good i just keep going because it's so easy to just go back and and delete the mistakes. You're just looking at the text and you don't even need to listen to be able to eyeball it and and fix it up. Or you'll be just recording from a very rough outline and you kind of riff on what you want to say in real time. And again, it's so easy to edit that you find your yourself being much more loose with what you're recording. Yeah. And then even when you have something more specific, the ability to see the text keeps you in your editorial brain you're not flipping to a timeline and staring like the matrix at this waveform that's take putting you in into a technical mindset you can just stay purely in a creation mindset that really makes a difference
1: is there a minimum amount of time that it like needs to listen to my voice to be able to learn it like does it need a certain amount of data in order to do a good job with like an overdub or it just yeah how does that work
0: Yeah. Like the way to think of it is that your chance of having a good sounding voice increases the more audio that you provide up to an hour or so. Mm -hmm. So if you've given us five minutes of audio, it might sound good, but chances aren't great. If you've given us 10 minutes of audio, there's a pretty good chance it'll sound good. If you've given us 30 minutes, then it's going to sound good in all likelihood, but it's, I don't know, it's the mystery of AI. It's, it's just not as deterministic as, as we wish it was.
1: Right. And so, yeah, I guess another thing that I thought was really interesting was, yeah, like its ability to identify different people and then sort of be able to tease them apart. Um, Mm. And that's something that, you know, seems like it's really powerful within the context of a podcast, especially if you're doing it over and over again, there's a group of two or three people, right. The ability to sort of like for the machine to gain clarity around who's speaking, to separate them out, to know different voices and be able to imitate different voices. It's pretty heady stuff. So very cool.
0: Yeah, we have, um, speaker identification, which is increasingly standard in most transcription, automatic transcription tools that you'll find. But the other thing that we do that's super cool and hard and uniquely us is for a podcast like this, we're recording on three separate audio tracks and you can pull those all into Descript separately transcribe them separately. And then we combine them into something that for the most part operates as if it's one document, one object. So the speaker labels are put in there when the different people are talking. And then if you have an instance of overtalk or something like that, you can always drill into the individual tracks and, and edit them but that process of kind of dynamically synthesizing multiple transcripts into a single editable document is a really cool thing about Descript.
1: Yeah, it's perfect for this remote this remote world. That's exactly what we do, although I send it to our producer and she collates it, but knowing that you can do that if you don't have a producer on your side is very is a very neat feature.
2: In an ideal world, where do you want to see Descript go? Like do you do you want to see it go into any other types of editing? Do you want to see it go change certain features of how how y'all edit so far?
0: We're an editor. We think that editing is the missing link for really making audio and video a ubiquitous communication medium, as opposed to something that's really just the domain of specialists. It's getting easier and easier to capture this content, but editing is holding it back. Like screen recording is a good example where it's really taking off as a as a communications medium but at some point you get tired of listening to people's rambly extemporaneous takes <laughs> on whatever the issue is and right. you want them to go back to email where they have a backspace key and so we're trying to take the best of text and bring it to audio and video and just make a better and better editor something that anyone can use but that that, that doesn't have a trade-off for speed and and power and flexibility much like a word processor.
1: Yeah, Cassie and I were talking about this the other day. Just like the Gmail auto suggest, and to what degree we're comfortable with le- like letting that write our emails for us. So <laughs> I like the idea. You know, you're doing a screencast. It notices you're starting to get boring. You're off on a, ra- a tangent. It's just like that tangent's not going. to I'm going to cut, cut gonna you off. Fam. Yeah, I'm cutting. Descript <laughs> are when you're, when you're interesting and when you're not, and it helps you just stay interesting mo- most of the time. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, even like the the bar is lower for that for for where we need to take video to and audio, which is like, we mostly just want to get the technical stuff out of the way for users so that they have some agency in their craft, right? If you're a writer, you have it made because you learn how to type and that's it. The rest of your career is dedicated to your craft. But if you work in audio or video, it's all about the tools and, you know, mastering the tools and, keeping up to date with the latest generation of tools and how they're evolving and don't step away from them for a year because you're going to forget how to use them. And so that's what we we want for audio and video, that same thing that people that work in, in text have. It's mostly just about giving them agency in their craft, not necessarily even taking on editorial decisions or creative decisions. Like that would be great too, I guess. But just just letting people say what they want to say more easily is a pretty good start. Or we could all just go back to blogging. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Today, we are giving out a lifeboat to Avanish, an invalid syntax error while running an AWS command. If this has happened to you, we might have some information in our show notes that can help you out. So thanks to, oh, it's Avanash, uh, get a lifeboat badge took a question with a score of negative three or less, got it up to a score of three or more, and an answer score of 20 or more. I am Ben Popper, director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can always email us, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, leave a rating and a review. It really helps. Cassidy, who are you and where can people find you on the internet?
2: I'm Cassidy Williams, director of developer experience at Netlify. You can find me at Cassidoo, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O on most things. You could also look up Cassidy Williams and there's me and a Scooby-Doo character and I'm not the Scooby-Doo character.
1: <laughs> Andrew, tell the people who you are, where you can be found on the internet if you want to be found.
0: I'm Andrew Mason. I'm the CEO of Descript and we have a Discord community that I hang out in.
1: You could find me there. But was it really you in there? Or yeah. Was it somebody typing in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs>